Hi, a Kroiso. Hello and welcome to the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. It seems really fitting that I should be introducing this week's episode on the evening that Glamorgan have won their first trophy in 17 years. I'm sure everyone associated with the Museum of Welsh Cricket, every Glamorgan supporter and everyone in the wider cricket family of Wales would like to extend our congratulations to Captain Kieran Carlson and the rest of the Glamorgan team who have won the Royal London One Day Cup against Durham at Trent Bridge. They've written their own little piece of history which no doubt we will be talking about in the years ahead. Fitting also then that our subject this week uh, takes us back to the campaign to make Glamorgan a first class county in the years after the First World War. To do that we're talking to someone who needs no introduction to Glamorgan supporters or lovers of cricket in Wales, Dr Andrew Hignall. So it's uh, once again a very warm welcome to the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket podcast to Andrew Hignall, first 11 scorer, archivist, curator of the Museum of Welsh Cricket and author of numerous books about uh, cricket in Wales. Welcome back, Andrew. Thank you, Stephen. Pleasure to be here once again. And your most recent uh, contribution was published by the Association of Cricket Statisticians. Uh, the title of the book is Fly at a Higher Game, the story of Tal Whittington and the elevation of Glamorgan County Cricket Club into the county championship. Yeah, the um, the title of the book, Fly at a Higher Game, uh, is actually a direct quote from something that uh, JTD Llewellyn, John Talbot Dilwyn Llewellyn, the squire of Pentlegare and Glamorgan's first ever chairman, uh, that that quote, fly to higher game, is something that uh, JTD Llewellyn said uh, on the evening of the 6th of July, 1888, in the Angel Hotel in Cardiff, when Glamorgan County Cricket Club was actually formed. The, uh, the venerable JTD, he'd been uh, on legal duty, uh, so he'd missed the very start of the meeting, but the great and the good of South Wales cricket were present in the Angel Hotel. And after uh, a, a unanimous vote that Glamorgan should be formed and that uh, they should uh, play as a third-class county, as it was then, JTD summed up the mood of the meeting by saying, well, perhaps in a, in a few years' time, as they gather playing resources and as they gather financial resources, perhaps Glamorgan could fly at a higher game. He then qualified that by saying that they could enter the English County Championship, be Wales's representatives in the English County Championship, and perhaps be involved in international cricket as well, and to bring international cricket to Wales. And actually, those were the two things that Tal Whittington, Thomas Aubrey Lation Whittington, to give him his full name, who's the subject of the book, it was those two things, entering the county championship and uh, being involved in international cricket that Tal Whittington was involved with in the years either side of the Great War. But as the book outlines, as, as I'm sure we'll talk about in the uh, next few minutes, there were an awful lot of other things that Tal Whittington became involved with, some which were successes, but sadly some which were abject failures 
as well. Okay, do you want to tell us a little bit about Tal Whittington's family, uh, his early years and his first contact with uh, organised sport? Yeah, Tal Whittington, uh, or Thomas Aubrey Lation Whittington, was the uh, the son of uh, Dr Tom Whittington of Neath. Uh, Tal was born in 1881, July the 29th, in Neath, and his father uh, was uh, a very influential man in the Neath area. He was the uh, the medical officer for Neath Rural District Council, and uh, Tom had been a leading figure in the formation of Neath Rugby Club in the 1870s. He'd also through some Scottish links. He'd actually been to Merchiston Castle School. Uh, in fact, uh, Tom, Dr. Tom Whittington, had also been a Scottish rugby international. In fact, he may well have been the first Welshman to actually play in international rugby, albeit for uh, Scotland in 1873. Well, Tom, Dr. Tom's brothers, as well were decent cricketers. So Tal Whittington was born into this sporting family uh, that was steeped in sporting heritage. Tal followed in his father's footsteps by going initially to Merchiston Castle School in Scotland. He uh, then was a sixth former at Weymouth School in Dorset and he then went to read law at Corpus Christi, Oxford. And despite his legal studies, he was able to uh, play cricket for Neath from a fairly young age, often alongside his uncles. And in 1901, but at the tender age of 20, Tal Whittington made his uh, Glamorgan debut. He played uh, his first uh, minor county championship games uh, against Devon at Swansea and also uh, against Surrey second eleven at Cardiff Arms Park. By this time, Glamorgan had entered the minor county championships, so very much as JTD Llewellyn had wanted, they were starting to fly at a higher game, having been a third-class county, they were now moving up in the world, a second-class county in the minor county championship. And in fact, in 1900, they had actually uh, finished joint top. So here was uh, this young, uh, gifted, right-handed, top-order batsman with a shed load of runs playing for Neath, coming into the Glamorgan team and rubbing shoulders with the likes of uh, Jack Brain and also uh, Billy Bancroft, the uh, Welsh rugby international. Well, after coming down from Oxford, Tal Whittington went into the legal world and he continued his legal training actually by working in uh, a legal practice initially, a solicitor's practice initially in Cardiff. And it led, in fact, to a change of allegiance because Tal, for a short period of time, actually played for Cardiff Cricket Club and played alongside another rising star of Glamorgan cricket, Norman Riches, the son of a Cardiff dentist. And it was Norman Riches who later 
1921 led Glamorgan in their inaugural county championship match against Sussex at Cardiff Arms Park. Tal actually was appointed the Glamorgan captain in 1908 and he remained in that role uh, up until 1912. And Tal Whittington actually, working together with the Earl of Plymouth, actually began working on a campaign for Glamorgan to be elevated into the first-class world. What had happened was that Glamorgan, uh, in 1906, again in 1907, again in 1908, they had won the Western Division of the Minor County Championship, and they'd been involved in the knockout final uh, against the team in the Eastern Division. In each of the three years, Glamorgan had been uh, the runners-up, but they'd successfully hosted games against touring teams. And in fact, in 1905, through the efforts of Jack Brain, Glamorgan uh, came very, very close to hosting the opening test match of the 1905 series against the Australians at Cardiff Arms Park. They missed out by just one vote. So during the Edwardian period, as Cardiff was becoming one of the world's major coal exporting ports, as South Wales as a whole was thriving as uh, an industrial powerhouse, there was a great feel-good factor within Welsh sport. Let's not forget that in 1905 as well, the Welsh rugby team had beaten the New Zealand All Blacks, also at Cardiff Arms Park. Sport was on the up in the years leading up to the Great War, were fairly buoyant as far as the economy were concerned. So the Earl of Plymouth in 1910 wrote to quite a lot of in investors uh, asking uh, for financial support. They were trying to boost the Glamorgan membership. Tal Whittington was banging on the drum about Glamorgan being elevated into the county championship. Well, unfortunately, in 1911, a trade depression began. There was also labour unrest. By the summer of 1914, there were other things on people's mind. Tal Whittington had stood down from the Glamorgan captaincy, possibly to try and devote more time to his solicitor's practice and feeling possibly a little bit fed up that all the hard work that he'd put in hadn't seen fruition. Two questions immediately spring to my mind. Uh, were you able to find uh, any evidence in your research of, of when Whittington became known as Tal with the, the, the compilation of, it, of the initials of his name? And perhaps the second thing, which it, it moves on from where you were just now, what happened to Tal Whittington in the First World War? Tal was actually referred to when he uh, was at school, both at Merchiston and at Weymouth, and also briefly at Oxford. He was referred to actually as Thomas Aubrey, or actually Aubrey. In fact, the, the very early uh, newspaper reports actually re referred to him as Aubrey Whittington. But it was um, following the death of his father after the Great War, Tal was how Mr. Whittington became preferred to be known. And as I say, it is when uh, he was playing in first-class cricket for Glamorgan from 1921 onwards, all the, uh, the references refer to him as Tal. And the First World War, what happened to Tal Whittington then? 
By the time of the First World War, the solicitor's practice in which he was involved had become quite successful. And actually, Tal Whittington actually remained in his solicitor's practice uh, rather than going off and fighting. And I gather that uh, he did get involved in various fundraising uh, efforts. Whether he did sign up, uh, whether he did actually then get injured, I certainly and, and had to return home. I haven't discovered that, but what I have discovered is that he was playing cricket for both Neath as well as Swansea and for various other teams in various fundraising matches for the war effort and continuing to work in his solicitor's practice and being involved, working with people in the Swansea and Neath area. Of course, a lot of the businesses there would have been reserved occupations and um, the uh, the work that was going on for the war effort. The period from the end of the First World War up to 1921, there's an intensified effort to try and bring the first-class game to Wales. And Tal Whittington was, was crucial to that process. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened? Yes, when the when the war ended in 1918, uh, the uh, Glamorgan officials, there had been an emergency committee that had been just overseeing the, uh, the operation of the club. Tal took on the role then of um, secretary. He was still very much the leading administrator with Glamorgan County Cricket Club in the years immediately after the Great War. In 1919, the uh, committee met, and again, one of the topics high up on the agenda was Glamorgan's elevation into the first-class world. Quite a few of the players from the Edwardian era had decided to uh, hang up their cricket boots, to put their bat and they're uh, kicked to one side. So there was a new generation of players coming through. But Tal was one of the old guard, and also alongside him still was Norman Riches. Norman had done uh, military duty uh, during the war, but was now back uh, running his father's practice. When I mention Norman Riches, though, I should say that uh, although Tal Whittington and Norman Riches shared many uh, productive partnerships for Glamorgan. There was a slight frosty relationship uh, between the two. It actually stemmed from something that had happened before the Great War. Tal had been chosen by the MCC to go on the 1910-1911 MCC tour to the West Indies. In fact, Tal uh, had a fantastic tour. Uh, he uh, actually uh, shared in an outstanding partnership of 230 for the first wicket in the MCC's game against uh, British Guyana, with Tal making scores of 86 and 154. And uh, Tal also uh, scored 115 against all Jamaica at Kingston. In fact, he scored 685 runs on that 1910-1911 MCC tour. He was sounded out then in 1912 and 1913 when the MCC decided to tour the West Indies again. Now, Norman Riches had enjoyed an outstanding summer in 1911. And in fact, in 1911, Norman Riches had been the first ever 
uh, cricketer in the history of minor county cricket to score over a thousand runs in the season. And Tal was asked by someone from the MCC, what do you think, uh, do you think uh, Norman Riches would be able to tour? And Tal, in probably a throwaway comment, said, well, his he's got his winter duties with his um, father's dental practice, and uh, I'm not sure he would be uh, able to take time off. Nothing further, in fact, uh, came Norman Riches's way, by the way, of an MCC invitation to go on that tour. Uh, perhaps the MCC should have spoken directly to him. I know uh, from talking with Norman's uh, sons and other family members that, in fact, uh, his father would have been only too happy to have given uh, NVH Riches time off from the dental practice. But no invitation uh, ever came his way. And Norman actually heard in later years that, in fact, uh, Tom Whittington had said, oh, no, you won't. He, he, I don't think he'll be available. So Norman was actually quite upset. But playing for Glamorgan meant more to him than that. So he put aside any uh, personal animosity. And actually, when the Glamorgan committee were meeting, in 1920, as I say, to um, actually uh, think about the planning of a campaign for first-class status, Norman Riches said, yep, yeah, I'll take a sabbatical from my father's uh, dental practice and I'll be happy to lead Glamorgan in 1921. So Tal was delighted that uh, Norman would be available and on the instruction of the Glamorgan committee, Tal Whittington set about approaching the English counties for home and away fixtures in 1921. The requirement in those days was actually eight. Eight home plus eight away fixtures with existing first-class counties. That's all you needed to become a first-class county. And in fact, shortly before Christmas of 1920, Tal Whittington secured those eight signatures, those eight agreements. He'd been helped by a decision from Sir Sidney Bias, the owner of the Margham Steelworks. Uh, Sir Sidney Bias had actually given Glamorgan a fantastic nest egg, a thousand pounds loan over a 10-year basis, simply to meet any guarantees which the English counties might have offered to underwrite their expenses of playing games both in Wales and also on their home soil. So knowing that there was now financial security, something that hadn't happened in those years with the Earl of Plymouth uh, before the war, uh, Tal Whittington was overjoyed. He did have family connections, as we'll hear in a few minutes' time, I'm sure. Uh, he did have uh, very close family in the Sussex area, and he also had toured the West Indies with several amateurs from Sussex County Cricket Club. So he used his family contacts and he also uh, used his cricketing contacts to actually get a ninth home and away fixture with Sussex County Cricket Club. And in fact, it was Sussex who were Glamorgan's first opponents on May the 18th when Glamorgan played their opening county championship match at the Arms Park. You've talked quite a lot about the things that he's done. Were you able to find out and to sketch out the sort of person that he was? 
Tell Whittington was a single man, uh, possibly with all his uh, cricket work and uh, his duties as, solic as a solicitor. That uh, that certainly filled up uh, most of his time. He did he did have um, a brother called Geoffrey, uh, who actually uh, initially. Uh, went out to uh, be a tea planter in India. He then uh, moved uh, to East Africa, where he'd actually been uh, promoted in the uh, in the police force. He was assistant commandant of the Zanzibar police and based in uh, Mombasa. But uh, tragically, July 1924, Jeffrey and his family were on board a ship heading uh, to uh, Zanzibar where Jeffrey actually uh, collapsed and died of a heart attack. And uh, I know that Tal uh, did sort out um, his brother's affairs for a while, looked after his, his sister-in-law Hilda, and he also uh, spent time with uh, her brother-in-law in Senny Bridge in Mid Wales. In fact, uh, there was another branch of the uh, Whittington family also in uh, Montgomeryshire. So Tal was living, in fact, with his mother Martha at the time in 33 Bryn Road in Swansea, uh, actually overlooking uh, the St Helens uh, cricket ground. But unfortunately, um, his solicitor's practice was losing quite a lot of money. And uh, Tal also became involved in um, various investments which failed. He'd actually speculated in various investments before the Great War as well. But uh, none of his business investments uh, seemed to uh, work. He actually uh, got involved as well with a few uh, money, le uh, money lenders and, in fact, um, unfortunately, in uh, 1925, he was declared bankrupt. By this time, Tal Whittington had retired from playing county cricket. He'd actually uh, played his last game in 1923. He, take, he had actually taken over from Norman Riches in 1922 as Glamorgan captain. Glamorgan's dream of first-class status had become something of a nightmare. And the seasons of 1922 and 1923, actually the record books contain some of Glamorgan's heaviest defeats. There were a string of defeats at the start of the season by um, an innings. And uh, Glamorgan were uh, the, the, the habitual occupants at the bottom of the table. So here was a man with great intentions, now 42 years of age by the summer of 1923. And he indicated to the uh, Glamorgan committee that he would stand down. In fact, by this time, through his connections uh, in Sussex, Tal had secured a post at Lansing College. But unfortunately, the financial difficulties 
being made bankrupt, uh, that actually prevented him immediately from taking up his duties at Lansing. He had to sort uh, his uh, domestic affairs out. Once all that was sorted, uh, Tal went down to Lansing. He became a housemaster and uh, a very successful uh, cricket coach as well. He'd taken on board a role with the Welsh Cricket Union. In fact, in uh, 1926, the Welsh Cricket Union had been uh, formed. It was an amalgamation of officials from Glamorgan County Cricket Club together with uh, the North Wales Cricket Association. And they were uh, hoping to host annual matches involving a Wales team, involving the best amateurs uh, in the Principality. They had an annual match at the MCC at Lords. Uh, again, um, Tal was working with Norman Riches. In fact, Norman Riches had been quite frustrated by Glamorgan's uh, lack of success in the county championship. And it was evident that Norman actually thought that the route was for Wales potentially to uh, try and host more international games. When I say international games, that would have been games against Ireland and Scotland. And indeed, that's what the, the Wales team did. There were a few uh, tricky moments uh, as secretary of the Welsh Cricket Union that uh, Tal Whittington had to undertake. Tal was taken ill in the early 1930s. He was on holiday in Monte Carlo. He did suffer, I gather, from heart problems. And that actually uh, led to him having to uh, retire from being a housemaster at uh, Lansing. He was very fondly remembered by his pupils and uh, the young cricketers in whose charge uh, he was. And uh, Tal then moved down to Cornwall and was teaching at a prep school in uh, North Cornwall in the years leading up to the Second World War. Unfortunately, though, his, um, his, his final years were uh, actually uh, not very pleasant. Although the school uh, that he was based at continued its operations, Tal was by now uh, acting more as um, a tutor and uh, teaching uh, the basics to the youngsters in his charge. But he did unfortunately start to have some throat problems. And uh, during 1942, and again in 1943, he had treatment for that. It actually culminated in July 1944. It did culminate in Tal having to have some surgery for the removal of a cancerous uh, growth in his throat. And Tal died in the hospital uh, in St Pancras in London uh, in the middle of July. Let's not forget, he was the man who brought first-class cricket to Glamorgan. And let's not forget either that because of his earnest efforts, uh, he was the first honorary life member of Glamorgan County Cricket Club in 1921. Yes, his personal and his business life may not have uh, been equally successful, 
but he certainly met with success on the cricket field for Glamorgan. He played in uh, almost 100 games for Glamorgan during the minor county period, over 3,500 runs, 400s, and he also played in 47 first-class uh, matches between 1921 and uh, 1923 with his highest first-class score of 60 against Hampshire at Southampton in 1922. Do you think he he was a forgotten figure in Glamorgan's history? Clearly he won't be now that the book is here and people can read about him. What do you think his legacy is to, to Glamorgan and, and to the wider Welsh cricketing scene? Yeah, I agree. Um, he was most definitely a forgotten uh, figure. In fact, in um, the early 1930s, when Glamorgan played first-class cricket for the, f- uh, for the first time uh, at the Knoll in Neath, there were lots of uh, civic functions um, by that time, 1933-1934, Cyril Walters, another uh, youngster from Neath, had made it into the England cricket team. Although Cyril Walters by now was playing for Worcestershire, he had cut his teeth playing for Glamorgan. And at the uh, functions which were held to celebrate uh, Glamorgan's inaugural county championship match at Neath, um, a long list of achievements of Neath sportsmen were read out, but um, there was no mention of Tal Whittington and he wasn't present at the function. Sadly, his mother had passed away, though only a fortnight before the game. So perhaps in uh, what may have happened was he had received an invitation but wasn't able to uh, attend because he was still uh, sorting out his uh, mother's affairs. But certainly in the uh, annals of the club, he does have a place as the first honorary life member. But if you were to say, well, why? Apart from securing the eight stroke nine agreements with English first class counties, the rest of his efforts are probably forgotten. And that prompted me, as I say, to write the book uh, in this year when we celebrate Glamorgan's, uh, the 100th anniversary of Glamorgan's elevation. Let's actually uh, remember uh, the man who made it all possible. And had it not been for his energy, had it not been for him giving up so much of his time from his solicitor's practice, perhaps Glamorgan would never have uh, reached first-class status and we wouldn't be celebrating the the success of the club and all the uh, trappings that we now have of uh, being a test match venue at um, Sophia Gardens and when we uh, enjoy the uh, recent games in the 100 and as we enjoy uh, cricket moving into the 21st century we shouldn't forget uh, Tal's legacy uh, way back 100 years ago as I say, without his uh, sterling efforts uh, and single-handedly leading Glamorgan's campaign for first-class status, there might not be a Glamorgan County Cricket Club or even a Welsh fire. Thank you, Andrew, for, for being with us today and thank you for telling us the story of Tal Whittington. I'm sure people will find it uh, very interesting and hopefully go out and seek uh, places where they can purchase the book. Yeah, and uh, if they want to uh, get in touch uh, with me at uh, Glamorgan County Cricket Club at Sophia Gardens if they send an email 
to museum at glamorgancricket.co.uk. Uh, I'll be able to send them details of how they can um, purchase the book and find out more about the man who oversaw the elevation of Glamorgan into the county championship. Many thanks to Andrew for bringing us the story of Tal Whittington. As well as contacting Andrew at Glamorgan, listeners might want to take a look at the Association of Cricket Statisticians and Historians website, which can be found at www.acs.cricket.com. If you click on the shop, you'll find Andrew's book alongside a treasure trove of cricketing publications and lots more besides. So, as we all take a breath and say our collective thank yous to Kieran Carlson, Nick Selman, Andrew Salter, Tom Cullen, Lucas Carey, Joe Cook, Michael Hogan, Stephen Rheingold, Billy Root, Amish Rutherford and James Wheel, join us next time for some more stories about the great game of cricket in the great country of Wales. Hoilvau, bye for now. History would have Nigadani. Macrosech Gisilti. A Bosch MWC pod nineteen twenty one at gmail.com. Nate Elchintidalin Facebook, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast. Nate Intidalin Twitter at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email MWC pod nineteen twenty one at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.